Hey, everyone, this is Rudy Fernandez from Creative Outhouse. I love these two episodes with Sandra Mackey, the chief marketing officer of Bon Secure Mercy Health, a large nonprofit hospital system that's in seven states. Now, just for perspective, I read about healthcare marketing and business for fun. So let that sink in for a minute. So for these two episodes, I recommend being late for work, late picking up your kids, uh, whatever you need to do to hear them. In this first episode, Sandra and I spoke about hospital consolidation and what that means for all of us and what that means in terms of marketing. We talked about how hospitals need to move more towards providing a continuum of health and what people treating healthcare the way they treat shopping for shoes means for marketing and hospitals. Our conversation was wonderful and actually a little weird for me. Let me explain. A few months ago, I presented to a small group of hospital marketing people my thoughts on the state of hospital business and marketing. I talked about how hospitals needed to change dramatically from sick care to more platforms of health and how marketing can help them do that. It wasn't a very flattering talk, and at one point I compared hospitals to going the way of blockbuster video unless they changed. And let's just say I didn't get a standing ovation. Anyway, when I spoke with Sandra, she was saying that her team is exploring many of those same thoughts, the ones I've been preaching to whomever would listen. She even made the blockbuster video comparison, which made me feel less crazy and also gave me hope. The fact that this large hospital system is looking to a more robust future to serve people is exciting to me because with new technology, hospitals are in an ideal position to become so much more in the daily lives of the people they serve and marketing could be core to that. Anyway, enough of all that. Check out this episode and welcome to Marketing Upheaval. You're listening to Marketing Upheaval from Creative Outhouse. Hey, welcome to Marketing Upheaval. My guest is Sandra Mackey, the Chief Marketing Officer of Bon Secure Mercy Health, which is one of the country's largest healthcare organizations. They have 48 hospitals and serve people in seven states. Now, healthcare is a category that at Creative Outhouse we're pretty passionate about, and Sandra and I have worked together and known each other for a long, long time, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks for joining us, Sandra. Well, thank you, Rudy. It feels great to be back together again. It's been a long time. I'm thrilled to have been invited to join you on the show today. I think one of the industries that has had even more upheaval than marketing is healthcare, and you're at the center of both. So... What are some of the huge changes taking place with regards to healthcare and healthcare marketing as it applies to, let's say, hospital marketing? Oh, that's a great question, Rudy. So when I think about the healthcare landscape and what it looks like today, um, we're moving at a frenetic pace, which is great uh, as we look for innovations to make things simpler and easier for our consumers. One of the key things that is driving that pace is the pace of consolidation. And you see a lot of consolidation within the healthcare industry that can, continues to dominate the industry. It's the headline just about every day when you open any of the industry-related publications, topping that news is probably consolidation, mergers, acquisitions, et cetera. This is not new for us. I mean, it feels like there's a high intensity of that activity today, but it really has ebbed and flowed over the years. It really has been a more gradual change that's taken place over a longer period of time. What we're seeing now is just an accelerated pace from where we were in the early 2000s when many of this, much of this consolidation started to take place. 
And it really started with the formation of clinically integrated networks that really gave rise to the independent practices affiliating with health systems. If we look back early 2000s, a lot of that activity started there. And so this is really not a revolution. It's more of an evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, in a recent Kaufman Hall study that I just read, in 2017, that set an annual record for mergers and acquisitions in healthcare across the country with 115 mergers and acquisitions taking place. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the study, it also cited that uh, for this year, we are on pace to exceed the growth of last year, the industry as a whole, in terms of mergers and acquisitions. Why do you think that's happening? You know, I think a lot of this is really to provide scale. Uh, In fact, I don't think I know it is to provide scale. When you think about healthcare as an industry, healthcare is way behind and has been woefully behind for years in terms of the pace in which they have consolidated. When you think about what the industry looks like today, uh, there is one provider that holds the most market share of all healthcare organizations, and that provider is in the single digits at only 3%. Mm-hmm. There's no other industry that you can point to that uh, has that type of representative market share. Uh, airlines, t- telecommunications, banking, and many, many other industries experienced this type of consolidation years ago. Uh, essentially, it, that scale allows us to better manage costs and resources across the board. Yeah. And so it's not just growth for growth's sake. It's thinking about ways that we can manage the cost pressures of uh, declining reimbursements and provide the best value to consumers by consolidating services, especially in areas like shared services. And shared services are areas like finance and supply chain and marketing and human resources. That's a good point. When you can spread that across a broader geography, there's yeah. a creative value that can bring to the organization by saving on some of those expenses and creating a scalable model. So what does that mean in terms of marketing? Because I guess what you're saying is that we're going to see fewer and fewer smaller community hospitals and more larger hospital systems. So what does that mean in terms of, let's say, your job? So when you think about marketing, you know, as marketers, we have to think differently, um, not really about the sell, but the engagement of consumers. And so I think there's been a dramatic shift in the way that we think about and engage consumers that really is more about building relationships, understanding where they are, and meeting consumers where they are, and not expecting them to conform to the traditional marketing practice, right? Uh, And so things like virtual care, um, ambulatory care, points of access, they all become an important part of the services that we offer. Uh, For marketers, the challenge is now, how do we connect the dots for those consumers and make their journey as easy as possible in ways that they want to consume it, not necessarily the way, ways that we are used to delivering it. Challenged all of marketing. So I have this idea that healthcare marketing can be more than like what you just said, come to our hospital for whatever reason, and it could become actually a service that's provided. So a, a way to improve patient experience 
or a way to improve adherence to whatever it is a doctor needs you to do to be healthy or be more of a public health message. I've always felt that hospitals could take that mantle and marketing in particular could help them take that mantle. And here's something more than a hospital could offer and that's advice and experience and they're not just about, hey, come in for whatever blank procedure. Are you finding that that's something that you're evolving to? Absolutely, Rudy. And I think that, um, you know, raises a, a really important point. When we think about what the drivers for that are, um, we are really shifting as an industry uh, from a FIFA service to a more value-based care um, environment mm -hmm. in which we're really having to think more creatively about how to engage consumers. The other point of clarification I'd like to make is that it's no longer just about the hospital. Oh, yeah. I think from a brand perspective, we used to think, or our consumers used to think about hospitals as that point of service for acute care. Mm -hmm. We are focused on is, is really the entire continuum of care from start to finish. Uh, and the fact that many of these procedures that are performed in a hospital are now performed in outpatient settings. Mm -hmm. And so there's a declining volume in the inpatient space and increasing volume in the ambulatory setting. So we're no longer just thinking about the hospitals. We are creating um, demand around an entire space that is built not just on sick care, but primarily on well care. Well, but how do you monetize that, the well care aspect? That's a great question. So, you know, our population health initiatives really do incentivize us well for um, sort of taking care for the whole person and caring for unique lives. Mm -hmm. It really is by incentivizing and taking care of patients and being compensated for their wellness uh, rather than their sickness. Yeah. You know, I think last year, insurance companies grew at 1.5%, which is not very much. So they're looking for ways to lower their costs. And you see more and more of them incorporating these uh, lifestyle plans. So that is, if you incorporate healthy choices in your lifestyle, they'll lower your premiums. Are they or will they start to compensate hospitals for wellness programs? Oh, yes. What they call that today is population health. So th there are many programs in place that really do reward hospitals and healthcare systems for keeping their patients healthy. At the end of the day, it really is a deep commitment to improving lives within the communities that we serve. Yeah. But there's lots of incentive to keep people healthy and not just treat them in an expensive acute care setting when they're sick. Amen. <laughs> so that's where you'll see a lot of the shift, certainly for payers, to look at specific treatments and procedures that were once performed in a hospital and shift those procedures to an outpatient setting. It's, it's more efficient, it's less expensive, but uh, again, I also want to reiterate the importance of having that entire mix of access points and settings in which you can provide care. You can't do it with a, an inpatient setting alone. You yeah. can't achieve these 
economies with an outpatient setting alone. Uh, it really is a combination of that type of care that provides mm-hmm. a continuum for the patient. So how can marketing drive this messaging? And what I mean is, you know, we, we've sat in those meetings, there are doctors, and doctors are expert at being doctors, but they also sit in these larger business operations meetings, and, you know, they're, they're concerned, rightly so, with healthcare operations of a hospital. But if marketing is going to have more of a say, uh, well, I'll ask you, does marketing have more of a say or will it to have the clout necessary to impact healthcare in a bigger way than it has in the past? I will speak from my my own personal perspective. Uh, I'm with a health system that uh, has a really strong and positive culture uh, around engagement uh, and around some core culture behaviors that really facilitate great dialogue between clinicians uh, and people that are in support services. And so that's a great starting point, right? When you're able to socialize concepts um, and really have open and direct dialogue with clinicians about the challenges that they're facing and some potential solutions to help them overcome those challenges, that to me is the ideal setting. There's not always agreement and that's okay. Certainly clinicians have over time become way more savvy in pinpointing what not just the patient's overall physical, mental well-being, but they've become really business savvy in terms of their understanding of what drives and moves the business. And so when you have that collaboration right up front, it becomes very active and great discussion about ways to solve some of the most complex problems in healthcare. Socialization, engagement by our providers is critically important. I'd also say that from our health system's perspective, there's tremendous value placed on the role of marketing. I think marketing can play a role in patient care. I mean, don't you? And by that, I mean helping physicians, for example, uh, helping an endocrinologist get his diabetes patients to monitor their blood sugar or take insulin or motivating patients to live healthier lifestyles, just various ways of engaging the patient that improves their health, not just from a let's bring in some more patients, but a let's improve health. I mean, what do you think of that? Is there anything that you see in the future or even in the present that's going in that direction? Oh, absolutely. When I talk about the strategic partnerships and alliances that exist between marketing and providers, that's what we're experiencing today. So as we're sitting around the table with providers, talking about some of the most complex issues from a clinical perspective, as well as a business perspective, that's the voice that we're bringing to the table to help work through solutions um, that can solve some of the uh, issues, both from an access standpoint and a compliance standpoint in terms of care management. It doesn't stop at putting up you know, flyers and posters everywhere and thinking that uh, we're making an impact on patients' lives. I think there's a genuine respect for the role that marketing can play in really helping to ensure that we are promoting wellness as yeah. a community uh, and from our brand perspective rather than just uh, feeding people through the door when they're sick Uh, sending them home and thinking that's the end of the journey. It's not the end of the journey. In most cases, it's the beginning. 
Who are some of your audiences and how are you reaching them and speaking to them? So I think for us, the audience is twofold. One is our provider and recognizing the role that that provider plays. Uh, I think we have to actively tell our story to those providers uh, that are a part of our clinically integrated network to help them understand the type of services, the breadth of services that can be provided uh, by their colleagues within the network. And so that truly is one audience for us to keep on telling our story about the services we provide and the benefits to the patient that we can accomplish together. The second audience, which often takes primary uh, footing for us, is the consumer audience. And when we look at consumers, we really have to narrow that down to a target audience for us. And uh, it will come as no surprise to you that target is still female. The female CEO, decision maker of the family, really is the person that we need to reach as we think about ways to engage them to take care of their families. There's obviously this consumerization of healthcare happening. People are looking at online reviews, people are shopping around more, and there's this more and more call for price transparency. Again, there's some complications with that, and we probably won't go into it, but how has all this changed who you reach, how you reach them, how you approach them in terms of marketing? That's a great question, Rudy. And certainly from our perspective, uh, it starts with understanding who our consumer is, what their current perceptions are of healthcare, and then honing in on the specific ways that we can enhance their experience. And that really is looking to wellness more so than it is looking at uh, acute care. How can we keep them well and how can we become a partner on that journey to wellness? We also then explore what are the forms in which they best receive information and what is the most appropriate care setting for them when they do need to access care. So all of those components are triggers for what really drives the marketing plan for us. So what are some trends you're seeing in terms of how people shop, let's say, for healthcare? Oh, gosh. So no surprise, digital. So I think when we look at uh, the platforms in which consumers best engage, um, you know, we are more reliant today than ever on a, a sort of MarTech functionality, marketing technology stack functionality then we are on traditional marketing, and that's changed over the past several years where we have come to better understand what consumers' needs are um, and meet them where they are rather than trying to force consumers to conform to our current structure. That's not an innate capability that consumers have, want, or need, especially when they're used to shopping in a digitally sensitive world where they Mm -hmm. can get what they want, where they want at the time that they want it. So yes, people are starting to shop for their healthcare the way they shop for, I don't know, shoes, which, you know, they're not the same thing. It's funny, I was talking to someone recently who was looking at a surgeon's review online and that surgeon got a three out of five stars or something. And and I knew this surgeon and went, no, actually he's, he's pretty good. And when you look at the comments, it was, well, you know, things like, well, he was short with me. He was rude. 
And I'm like, yeah, he's a surgeon, you know. I think it would be nice to have a nice surgeon, but really you want a good one. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is you can't evaluate your healthcare the way you evaluate other things because we lay people don't know enough about the actual procedure and what is a good procedure and not a good procedure. We know whether or not somebody's nice to us, of course. So how do you educate people? How do we get to the point where people can go, okay, these are the parameters by which I need to evaluate a provider. Oh, that's a great question, Rudy. And what I'd say is, you know, I think the landscape has changed so dramatically, right? And uh, the one thing that is constant is referrals, recommendations from a family, a family member or a friend, right? You, you trust people who have experienced those services. Mm-hmm to give you a good recommendation based on their own experience. That's still probably the number one referral source that consumers rely on. And that's not just in healthcare. They rely on the same sources across the board. You know, you buy a great phone, you're going to tell your friends about how great it is. And before you look around, your friends are going to got the exact same phone. Um, Same concept in healthcare. And it is different and it is more complex. However, that can no longer be an excuse. Uh, the fact that it's complex uh, and the drivers for healthcare are numerous, uh, we as marketers cannot stand behind that premise and just hope that people will understand. Yeah. We have to take the time as marketers to help them understand and help them understand how to evaluate services. If you journey map a consumer's journey from the time that they suspect that something is wrong and they need to see a physician, to the time that they actually arrive in a physician's office, there's a lot of opportunity for healthcare providers to educate them, the consumers along the way, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost like a decision tree. Uh, what do you need to be treated for? What do you think is wrong? And so going through that, learning about specific um, treatment options along the way, by the time they reach a primary care office, they come into that office armed with great questions. The ability for our providers to be able to answer those consumer questions can define utilization by a consumer in that office. Either the physician could answer my questions or they couldn't. And if they can't answer those questions and don't take the time to answer those questions, that could be a game changer for the consumer. So understanding that there's a level of customer service here that really plays into uh, delivery of care is critically important. I think getting a consumer into a practice and having them talk to the knowledgeable providers that are on the other side of the door really does make a difference. Overwhelmingly, consumers are listening to their physicians, and that statistic hasn't really changed over time. Frankly, as marketers, how do you, how do you optimize that? Uh, I think we constantly think about engagement mechanisms. Uh, that so we are top of mind as consumers mm-hmm. yeah. go along their journey to get to the physician's office. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You had mentioned sick care versus health care, which traditionally hospitals have been sick care, sort of a point of service type structure. And I'm happy to see that hospitals are evolving to true health care. And I think that's how you do that, by constantly keeping people informed, 
or however you keep a relationship going to monitor their health or talk about their health or however you choose to do that. And if you do that consistently, you're going to be top of mind for if and when something does occur, which I think is a smart investment for any brand. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, thanks for listening to Marketing Upheaval from Creative Outhouse. To learn more about Bon Secure Mercy Health, check out their website at bsmhealth.org or check out Sandra's LinkedIn page. For show notes, previous episodes, and previews to upcoming episodes, visit creativeouthouse.com slash podcast. And if you like this podcast, give us five stars, subscribe, share it with all your friends. Our producer is Susan Cooper. Special thanks to Gopal Swami and Acoustic Music for creating our earcon and to Jason Shalvik for his audio advice. Well, that's it for this episode of Marketing Upheaval. And remember, if the current state of marketing has you confused, don't worry, it'll all change. See ya.